Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. This is the Pilot's Advisor podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Ryan Fleming. What's up, Ryan? How are you this week? Doing great, Walter. How are you doing? Doing well and looking forward to our conversation. We're going to kind of see what's happening in the news in the financial world. And uh, we've had some moving and shaking in Congress recently. By the way, if you're new to the show, welcome. Hello. Ryan is the financial advisor that we talk to each week here on the program at Fleming Financial Group, serving you worldwide. You should know that Ryan is also a pilot himself for FedEx, in addition to being a uh, an advisor, of course, helping folks plan for retirement and their financial futures. You can meet with him worldwide from pretty much anywhere remotely or in the office in Charleston, or hey, maybe you can get together and have a cup of coffee at an airport if you happen to cross paths one day. We'll give you ways that you can get in touch with Ryan a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, so yeah, Congress, Ryan, is, is moving and shaking right now. They're working on this thing called the SECURE Act. Now, we could do a whole podcast talking about all the ins and outs of the SECURE Act. We're not going to talk about every piece or element that is in there. Some some good, some controversial, some interesting uh, things that they're doing in there. Um, but essentially, there's uh, one element of it that's a little bit more simple to discuss. And that's what we're going to tackle today. Part of that SECURE Act, and this has been, uh, at the time of this recording, by the way, passed in the House, um, hasn't gone to the Senate yet. They may be making some changes to it. So just realize if you're listening to this months after we've published this episode that some of these changes may have already taken place or may have adjusted what we talk about. So take that with a grain of salt. But if you're listening to this pretty close to the release date, then you should be up to speed on everything. So the bill that they're working on, the SECURE Act, part of the proposal would raise the required minimum distribution age, or more commonly referred to as RMDs, from 70 and a half to 72. Now, first of all, let's just backpedal a little bit, Ryan, if you can give us the kind of the 30,000-foot view of RMDs, what they are to begin with. And then is it a good thing that they're changing that age by a year and a half? Well, RMDs, which are called required minimum distribution, is basically the government making a investor or saver start paying tax on the money that they put into a pre-tax investment account. So a way to think of this is the government allows us to put money into our 401k without paying taxes on it and let that money grow and grow and grow over many, many years without us having any taxes paid on them. The RMD is forcing that person to pull that money out a certain percentage of that account and quote unquote pay up uh, what they owe the government. So from moving it from 70 and a half to 72 is one of those things that actually would benefit most investors because they can defer those taxes for another uh, uh, year and a half, which is a good thing. However, I think there's a lot more to talk about why the government's willing to do that. And I think that goes into people are working later in life because they have to and also because they're living longer. So yeah, dive into that a little bit more as to who who's most affected by a, a rule change like that moving the age back. Well, it's a lot of a, a lot of things that go into it, but I, I think that they're looking at it as one to help investors. But I think there's going to be a play with this along with this is they're probably going to move the full retirement age back as well. So moving the full retirement age say back to 67 is not good for people in many many circumstances as far as like you know, taking Social Security at 100% of what they've earned. And also when you could actually retire from your job, because that is now 
a later retirement age. But I think we're no longer ignoring the fact that people are living longer and that they almost need to work later in life because of that. Is the benefit here too just as simple as, hey, more more time to prepare? Yeah, I think any longer that you could stay in the workforce is going to allow you to be prepared more for retirement. Um, obviously, deferring taxes and being forced to pull out money is another year and a half of hopefully allowing your money to grow for you. If you really study what's going on with our culture, not only that, you know, with pensions going away, you know, people are being forced to save enough for their own retirement, but also Social Security becoming an issue, 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day and starting to pull from Social Security. It's becoming more and more of an issue and more of a strategy, especially when the draw on Social Security, because, you know, you can withdraw Social Security benefits at 62, but if you wait till 70, you get almost 140% of the benefit that you've earned. And when I get a lot of Social Security questions, it is so complicated now that you almost need to see and talk to a Social Security uh, specialist because it's very, very complicated, but they all tie in together. All this ties together when a person's trying to build their income that they're going to need once they stop working. So your overall takeaway on this proposed change, would that be a, a positive thing? This is a positive step or a, a helpful one overall? You don't see any major issues that it would cause for somebody? This is a good thing for investors, comma, but what else comes with it? Are we moving to retirement age? Question mark. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. Uh, for now, that's sort of a standalone item, but it's involved in this larger SECURE Act that, again, we won't get into on today's podcast, but there are some other elements of that SECURE Act that'll be packaged with this that may raise some eyebrows for certain folks. So it's interesting to uh, look at all of this as a whole. There, you always get a little bit of good with these kinds of things, Ryan, and then uh, a little bit of bad or a little bit of uh, you know frustrating elements that might get at attached to some of these things. Nothing ever is done with just one motive these days, it seems. I agree. Well, that's a little bit of what's happening in the news. Uh, taking a look at that uh, RMD increase from 70.5 to 72. As always, if you've got questions about anything we talk about on the podcast, give a call or text to Ryan at 843-475-3038, 843-475-3038, or go online to FlemingFG.com and get in touch with Ryan through the site. You can always check the description of today's podcast for links to uh, how to get in touch with Ryan. So, Ryan, I thought we would uh, take some time to talk about preparing for retirement, of course. But also, since this is the pilot's advisor, let's talk about preparing for takeoff and that pre-flight checklist. Don't you guys go through that pre-flight checklist to make sure that everything's ready for the trip and you have to make a whole bunch of checks and decisions and all those kinds of things before you, you know, hit the air? Absolutely. You know, you need to walk around the airplane and kick the tires a little bit and look at the wings and the engines and make sure no fluid's <laughs> leaking. Do you actually kick the tires? I don't actually kick the tires, but I'll look at them and see if there's any scuffs or, you know, abrasions and, and make sure all the uh, brakes are linked up and there's not any fluid anywhere. And, but I don't actually kick the tires. Good catch. <laughs> just just was curious. I have actually kicked my car tires. And so I was like, oh, that's a, you know, it's a real thing. Yeah, I kick them. Yeah, they look good. Yeah. Rim, rims didn't, well, fall, you know, rims you, didn't you, fall off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you do all the, you do do all those things. I mean, you check the emergency equipment, you check all the navigational equipment. And then you uh, get in, actually sit down into the cockpit to start deciding. Uh, you should have already decided where you're going, but you actually start 
determining how you're going to get there. Well, let's start there because first of all, you've got to decide where you're going to go and you've got to do that in retirement. You got to kind of decide where you're going to go in re- your retirement years. You've also got to do it when you're about to fly somewhere. Obviously, you know, that d- kind of is a dumb statement. Just you got to decide where you're going to go. But it even makes sense. Like, let's say you knew you were going to go from LA to New York. Well, you still need to know kind of like what airport you're going to land at in New York, right? And and, and your approach and some of those kinds of things. Yeah. And I, I like to think about this in a couple of different ways. I think it'd be fun to relate it to, you know, flying airplanes since we have so many uh, pilot listeners out there, but also think about this process of saving for retirement in two different aspects as well. You know, first off is the accumulation phase. And then also upon landing in retirement, you have the distribution phase. So that's some things we can dig into in between all this as well. But yeah, you're right. So we go from LA to New York. We need to figure out what airplane or what airport we're going to land at in New York. And also with determining our route on how to get there, you know, we could be off by a couple degrees and it could really differentiate where we're going to hit the East Coast. Might end up in Philadelphia. We might end up in Miami. So you got to be pretty precise about those things. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's easy maybe to decide where you're going to go. You just got to think about it. You just have to make sure you've defined that before you get started on all the other stuff, right? You can't put together a route. You can't figure out all the other implications before you really decide what you want to do. It'd be kind of like somebody coming in to meet with you. Hey, I want to put together a retirement plan. And you go, okay, well, where are you going to live in retirement? How are you going to occupy your time? And they kind of go, oh, I don't know, haven't figured that part out yet. Well, how am I supposed to kind of give you the the map, the ailment, you know, fix your ailment or fix your obstacles and problems if we don't even know what we're shooting for? Yeah, absolutely. And there's and there's bumps along the way. So I, I think about it like this. Saving for retirement in a lot of cases is helping people come up with a plan. Okay, we're going to invest this much in your 401k. How much more do you have left in your budget? Let's make sure we're investing some outside of a retirement account for your security. And it's really kind of getting them set up to where they have the the route of flight or the process and they just need to follow the process. And of course, along that route of flight or that process of saving for retirement, or you know, when you get over, let's say, Kansas or Oklahoma per se, there's going to be a lot of storms. There's going to be some weather. Just like life, there's going to be some things that are going to happen that are going to kind of bump you off your track. And those are the times where you need to meet with your advisor or in this case, uh, check your radar out and talk to air traffic control and decide how you're going to deviate around that weather or how you're going to fix that bump of the road and and maybe adjust your plan a little bit. All right. Here's a good one for you, Ryan. So, um, you know, we talk about the importance of finding out where you're going to go. And once you know that, once you do answer that question, and you might wonder why we spend so much time talking about that. Well, you'd be surprised. So many people don't know where they're going to go in retirement. They don't have some of those basic conversation starter type questions figured out. So it's always good to remind folks to figure those things out first, because depending on what you're going to do is going to impact how the money may need to fall in line behind it. But moving on kind of that next step is determining your route. And it's kind of funny if, you know, obviously not being a pilot myself, well, when I flew to China, from North Carolina to China, I kind of thought, okay, so we'll, will we go east or west, right? Will we fly over the country and then over the Pacific? Are we going to go over the East Coast? I wonder what route we're going to take. We get on the plane, we go up to, uh, and it connected to in Chicago. And so I was like, okay, well, we're probably obviously going to keep going west if we go to Chicago. Well, lo and behold, we fly over the Arctic. (laughs) Like they go, we go up and over the globe. And so me being the layperson was just like, huh, I would have never even thought to go that route, to go that direction. 
But obviously, pilots and airlines, through years of experience, have developed the expertise to know that that's probably the fastest way there. Or you can give me the actual, you know, technical reasons or why you fly certain certain routes, you know, from east coast to west coast, or why you go certain directions or certain different heights in the sky and patterns. You guys have to figure all of that stuff out. It's just something that I'm not going to know how to do as a layperson. Well, I think that is pretty funny you bring that up because, you know, even even say driving your car, well, okay, we want to go from North Carolina to, um, let's say, L.A. Well, let's just start heading west, right? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a, in, you know, and I remember when I first do, started doing long international flights where you go, oh, yeah, we got to go to China. Well, that's west of here, so we're going to go west. And you start out going north <laughs> and you stay going north, like due north. Right. It's, it seems counterintuitive. Exactly. Well, Ryan, I, I want to answer to my question. Why didn't we cr- fly across the Pacific? Why did we go over the Arctic? Is there some magical answer or is it just because it's simply actually a shorter distance? Well, it's actually the shorter distance. If you think about the uh, the Earth being a sphere, okay, you know, it's actually not a perfect sphere, but going over the poles is actually the, the shortest distance versus if you went around all the way around due west, it's actually going to be a much longer flight and you'll be, be flying directly into winds that are in your face. So the other aspect you think about, those routes from Chicago to somewhere in China are not the same every day. They actually move around depending on the winds and the weather. See, I see a lot of different financial parallels um, from that exact example that you're giving me, Ryan. Gosh, the answer is not the same one day to the other. There's information that I didn't know that would lead to me to a different decision. There's there's a lot of good stuff wrapped up in there. Uh, you know, actually, I agree with that. I think that's a great point because, you know, we're, we're all still trying to go from Chicago to, to China, but the different uh, conditions in the market, the different conditions with, say, interest rates or prices or expense ratios. I mean, those are a lot of things that you got to determine. Maybe what, not, what plane you're using, right? So what, yeah. what financial vehicle you've got at your disposal versus another pilot or another investor in the scenario. Well, that's actually a really good lead in there when you say which type of plane, because if we're flying to China, we probably want to be on a triple seven. If we get in the, into like a seven thirty seven trying to go to China, we're not going to make it. <laughs> or a little prop plane or something like that. Exactly, a little, a your one seventy two. It'd be a fun trip, but it would be a little harrowing, maybe, right? Yeah, it'd, only t- it'd be like uh, back in the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yeah, will, it will uh, Amelia Earhart it around the world? <laughs> yeah, it's only going to take you a year. <laughs> it's like take like the people uh, taking the blimps and that kind of thing around the world now, right? Little little bit of risk involved there, um, and and that comes into play with it as well as you know how much risk are you wanting to take with your financial plan, and sometimes you've got to figure that out along the way as well. And determining your route can minimize those things ahead of time. If you know where you're going to go, then even if you get bumped off course a little bit, you at least knew where you were. And so it helps you get back on track better. If you're just sort of throwing darts at the dartboard and not really knowing even where your starting point is, and we talked at the beginning about your end point, knowing where you want that to be, it's hard to recalibrate when you need to. Well, I think it's been kind of funny you throwing out all these different things, you know, from a pilot perspective, but it really is that way. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different job or a different situation. So you might have to take a different type of plan. You might have to make a little bit more stops on the road. Uh, depending on r- somebody's risk tolerance, you might have to circumnavigate a storm you know, a little bit wider than with someone else because they're not willing to take a little bit of that risk. So it just goes to show you that you know there is a plan and there is a process. 
but you're constantly making corrections along the way. And I think that's where an advisor is there for a client when they're really at that point where they're at a crossroads or don't really know which direction to go to help them get, you know, talk through and get them back on course or talk them off the ledge when things are getting a little bit dicey or there's a little bit uh, too much volatility in the market. Well, I think that you bring up a good point there, Ryan. Uh, I was just thinking of another parallel between the financial world and flying and, you know, who you're going to listen to. I think is a really big question in both, right? I mean, in the in the financial world, you've got TV shows and the internet and, you know, maybe radio pundits that you listen to. This podcast, as an example, your advisor, your friends and family, their advisors, potentially, right? You've got all these voices kind of coming at you. Same thing in the cockpit, right? I mean, you've got the voices, you've got maybe the flight attendants, you know, need to address something with you because a customer, uh, you know, has some complaint or request, or uh, you've got some, you've got your co-pilots, you've... You do the financial connections here. You see where I'm I'm going with this? Like you've got no, to figure out who I to do. listen to, air traffic control, I, you know. I can think of a couple of different similarities here. Um, you know, in the financial world, your your financial advisor can't be your only person because it takes a village. I mean, you're gonna talk to your financial advisor and he might have you hooked up with a team for a CPA or maybe a guy that specializes in insurance planning. So you got your team there. Whereas in the cockpit, you know, you want to listen to all your pilots. You might have a situation, a storm in front of you or some sort of an emergency going on in the in the airplane, in the cockpit. And you want to take everybody's, you get everybody's two cents, get their opinions, get, you know, should we go around this to the left or the right? Should we climb up to flight level 380? Should we descend? And once you get all that data together or get all that data from those different financial professionals, then you can make the right decision. And once you have the right decision, you need to talk to air traffic control and see if you can actually pull that off. Yeah, it's a really good point. Who are you going to listen to in retirement? Who are you going to listen to in the cockpit? You've got to make sure you're hearing the right voices and you've got to put them in priority sometimes. You know, sometimes you can't listen to a, uh, a passenger's complaint uh, something that's that's wrong with them back there because you've got a serious issue. You've got to face something more important, priority, you know, in the cockpit that you've got to focus on. So you got to know who to listen to and when to listen to them. That's a really good point as well. Uh, here's a question I've always, I've heard of autopilot, right? I mean, is that a, I, I think of the movie Airplane, you know, with the little uh, the little blue guy, the little autopilot guy that they blow up to fly the plane when they, when they step away from a moment. It's kind of like cruise control in the car. Is there really a blow up autopilot in the, uh, in the plane with you guys? <laughs> no, you don't actually blow them up, but that'd be kind of interesting. Although, although with uh, technology going the way it is, it'll, it, we'll see where where that gets. I hope if it is a a blow up doll, it'd, pro- it'd probably just be a robot at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But no, I mean, you know, this is a good parallel to uh, saving for retirement, though, because I always talk to clients and prospects about let me help you turn on the autopilot, let me help you set cruise control, and what I mean by that is you have so many things going on in your life. And this is something that I can help you with so you can focus on those other things. You can engage the autopilot and I will handle keeping you at flight level 360 and I will handle getting you around the storms out there and I will handle avoiding turbulence. And so you can focus on the other things because these are things I think about all the time daily that I'm, fo- that I'm watching daily. And you know, helping you get where you want to go is something that, that I that I handle all the time, you know, whether it's from just straight investing or tax planning or, or what, what type of an account to open, what's best going to get you there, what's going to best help you pay for your kid's college. I mean, these are all things that I do. And so turn on the autopilot and make, you, make your, your life a little bit easier. 
That's a great point. And I f- is that like that in the in the flying world too? I mean, I know when I'm on a long trip, you can't stay, you know, if your foot's on the pedal the entire, you know, let's say t- eight or 10 hour drive up the East Coast, right? That's a, that's a lot. You're going to get tired. So it's really nice on the highway sometimes to be able to just let your leg rest a little bit, put it on cruise control. You're still paying attention, but your mind can focus just on staying in between the lines and not so much on your speed. It's just really helpful. It keeps you from going too fast, too slow, all those kinds of things. Is it the same in the, in, in the plane? Does autopilot give you guys that chance to breathe a little bit? Absolutely. And and actually, that's a very good similarity. I mean, you know, you're you're basically locking in your airspeed and you're locking in your your altitude and then you're just monitoring other things from there. And it it does give you the ability to kind of step back a little bit, take a deep breath, focus on other things or or being able to determine other things. We have a situation in an airplane, a lot of times turning on the autopilot could be the best thing that you could do so you can focus on those checklists and find out how to fix the problem. If you got a handful of airplane, which is much more difficult than than driving a car, uh, you don't have a lot of brain bites left to think about other things. It's a great point as always, Ryan. Any other parallels we should draw here or should we quit while we're ahead? Um, I think I think we could do this all day long. I think the, <laughs> the important part to, to think about this is it's a complicated thing and you need help. And like any other aspect of life, um, you need to ask for that help and do the best you can to get where you want to go. If you need help deciding where you're going to go, what the path is going to look like, when and when not to utilize cruise control, if you're having trouble figuring out who to listen to, run your questions by Ryan. Uh, of course, he's the Pilots Advisor here on the podcast. You can also go to pilotsadvisor.com, by the way, and watch a great webinar on kind of that academic approach to investing, you know, really putting, um, you know, kind of the numbers to good use, showing you how to not speculate and gamble with your money. Um, this is a video that's based on Nobel Prize winning research that Ryan has put together. Only takes about 10 minutes to go through that little webinar. It's helpful. It's a good starting point for somebody walking down that retirement planning journey. That's at pilotsadvisor.com. I invite you to go check that out. If you know that you'd like to have a discussion with Ryan and talk through some of these things, he can do that. Uh, Give a call or text him, 843-475-3038. Start the conversation by phone or online. And, you know, if you need to meet in person, maybe you guys can find an an airport on your, you know, travels across the country uh, and across the world where you can meet up. 843-475-3038 is that number to call or Ryan, then come have a little uh, vacation down in Charleston and meet you in person there. That's not a bad place to go and, and visit and knock out a meeting while you're there. Lots of people wanting to come to Charleston. You're always welcome here at this uh, home office. And if not, I'll meet you on the road. But let me teach you how to uh, engage your autopilot, and I'll teach you how to land safely in retirement. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.